Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, listeners. How are you all doing? Man, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Uh, I hope you're holding up well. And you are hearing some absurd stuff out there about men and masculinity. Uh, Men are not really being celebrated right now for the gifts they bring. Everything has to be viewed through this sort of Marxist transgendered lens. So to speak of positive masculinity or men in a positive light is to be sort of old fashioned right now. At least that's how the mainstream media would tell you. If all things are viewed through a transgendered lens, then good men will seem outdated and out of step. It's almost like they're trying to tell you that the world doesn't need good men. How absurd is that? To counter this absurdity and in celebration of men, I offer you 10 gifts that men bring the world. What a radical idea, huh? Celebrate men and boys for what they inherently bring to our lives. And this list is far from exhaustive. It's just what the list I came up with. So see if you can recognize some of your gifts that you bring to the world. And don't let the strange anti-humanist, anti-masculine mainstream agenda diminish you in any way. Sure, we have inner work to do as men, but there is much to stand tall about. Here we go. Number one, men carry strength and courage. If there is danger of any kind, you can bet there will be a man ready to step in and meet it. Men answer the call. We always have and we always will. You can count on us to be courageous. Number two, men are resourceful. We adapt and find ways to solve complicated problems, and we admire this in each other. Whenever I see a man coming up with a creative workaround to whatever problem he faces, I recognize my own creativity and adaptability. Men find a way. Number three, men hold space for the feminine and the emotional world, both in ourselves and for our loved ones. This one is undervalued in my estimation. Here is where that stoic witnessing part of men can be gold. When the emotional storms are raging in the world, as you see in so much of today's divisive news, holding space in a non-judgmental way is pure masculine medicine for the raw emotional wounds that keep showing themselves to us. Number four, men father and guide young people. Oh, sure, we can fail here, as all of the single mothers can attest to, but I have seen exceptional men step up to guide and mentor even when the young person is not theirs. It is important for young people growing up to see an imperfect man who consistently shows up to listen and champion the young person. I was fortunate to have an exceptional father, and I would not be the man I am today without his guidance. So don't ever minimize your influence and impact on the young people that are looking towards you. Number five, men work hard. We recognize that we are partially judged by our work ethic and good men develop this muscle. No man wants other men or women to think of us as lazy. As a man, we consider lazy men unbecoming. They don't represent the part of us that men bring, which is grit and a get it done attitude to life. Number six, men care about the world, about our families, about our future. Sure, some of us can be stoic and some of us struggle to find words or be well-spoken on so many topics, but make no mistake, men care about the state of the world and about the future that we're building. Number seven, men have depth. This is perhaps the most frustrating misconception that I see, that men are viewed as emotionally shallow. At least we are portrayed that way in television and other media. The strong, courageous men I know, and I know many, they have depth. Men know stuff about God and the divine and the mysterious and the mystical. Sure, many of us are novice mystics, but what other way is there to be about this? 
Number eight, men bring humor to all sorts of situations. Have you ever spent much time around a group of men? I have. And one thing you notice immediately is how many laughs and funny-ass perspectives that men bring to life. Men are just fucking funny. I think it's one of our secret weapons. Get all of us in a group, and you hear some of the funniest stories and some of the just most absurd things that you've ever heard. Seriously, men are funny. Number nine, men bring clarity. Men have an ability to cut through the fog of deception and emotional turmoil to bring a clear inner knowing and speech to situations. Oftentimes, when confusion abounds, men are looked to for clarity, and there's a damn good reason for that. And lastly, men bring friendship. I remember reading Sam Keen as he was talking about male friendships. He was sort of saying that sometimes a man can only truly be himself around other men. I think there's some truth to that. Our women know us well for sure, but there are parts of us that only come out around our male friendships. We have a rough and tumble way about us. We blurt shit out sometimes. Our humor can be ridiculously crass and inappropriate. But when two men are close friends, they would each take a bullet for the other. Male bonds are strong. I hope you recognized yourself in some of these traits. I was interviewed recently on Rise and Shine while Kiria Whitlock's new podcast, and I had a really good time chatting with her. Come on in and listen. Welcome, Tony. I actually met Tony as a guest on his podcast, and he shares really valuable insight and perspectives to help people with their hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about Basecamp for Men and what your journey has been? And also, like, what are some ways to be a positive masculine influence? Ah, uh, well, thank you. It's always good to talk to you. I really, people really love the episode we did together on Basecamp. My wife was like, oh my God, who was that? That was, she's so lovely. That was such a good episode. So it's, people really responded warmly uh, to our conversation. And that was a lot of what you brought. So thank you for that. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got, um, how do I give you the short version? You know, I think I've always been somebody that was looking for, transcendence or, you know, was asking kind of the bigger questions about what is the divine? What is the God? You know, what is God? What is the goddess? You know, I was always kind of, you know, I studied a lot of uh, comparative religion and comparative myth and Joseph Campbell when I was a young man. And that kind of informed, uh, informed my life. I was fortunate enough to do a big uh, transformative training for men called the New Warrior Training by the Mankind Project. And that really altered the course of my life. I became a leader in that organization. I wrote a book uh, that you had mentioned about men. And it it became obvious to me that I was I built a mission that was about assisting men in their emotional development because men, women were doing a lot of great emotional work and doing self-help and, and leaning into therapy. And there was a lot of men were not doing that. We were raised in what we call the man box, which means, you know, I'm not supposed to tell you about what's going on with me. The challenges, the inner challenges, the inner doubt, any shame, any wounds I have. Uh, I'm not supposed to share that with other men. So there's, you know, it was producing these men that were really kind of cut off from their inner truth and cut off from the women in their lives. And so I saw that I had a natural affinity for the work, the inner work that was done in there. And so, you know, I became a group leader. I led my own groups for 20 years. Um, 
And then the book sort of helped me get the podcast. So um, there's a big media company in New York called the Epoch Times. They do the Epoch Times newspaper. And they wanted to start five podcasts and they wanted one to be specifically for men. And because I had written the book, um, there was actually an interesting story is I was the guest of the first podcast. They were beta testing and they had my friend Mark Jackson was the host. And I was like, he's like, hey, will you be my guest on this podcast? And I, you know, I, I knew who Joe Rogan was, but I wasn't really particularly knew what podcasts were. And I said, sure, I'll be your guest. So we did it. And then he got cold feet. I think he was like, I can't do one a week. There's no way I can write that many episodes, but you should get him. He's got that kind of restless. He produces a lot of writing. I bet he would say yes to it. And so when they asked me, I said, sure, I'll do the podcast. And I had no idea really what it entailed, but I was just up for, you know, uh, I was up for something new and something challenging. And I was a big believer in the hero's journey. And I sensed that this was a new chapter of my hero's journey was to be a podcaster. Um, and then, you know, those first episodes were really all about if listeners go back and look at those first, you know, 20 or so there's a lot of stuff that's really directed towards men and what we're facing and myth and the, the power of being initiated properly and the, and the power of authenticity and men's groups and all that. But because I'm a naturally curious person, I have an interest in consciousness and myth and uh, we the people and humanity. I just I, I, I started to do episodes that were not specifically for men. So I'm at episode 136 and I've had a lot of female guests on talking about, you know, the books they've written, what's important to them, um, how the male and female dynamic is working for them, what they're seeing that men need to work on, what do women are claiming as maybe a shadow of theirs. Um, and so it quickly became, it feels like a show for people, for humanity and our collective hero's journey using your own personal hero's journey as a microscope to see where you're at, what you might contribute. You know, you and I had a great conversation about what your mission is. You're so young, but you're really, your feet are on this heroic path. And I'm really curious as to where you're going to take your hero's journey. And I, I have a, a, a saying that I, that I like that says each, each chapter of your hero's journey is going to require a slightly different version of yourself. And that by the time, Wakira, you get to be my age, you will probably not recognize who you are. Like there, there's certain gifts that are going to grow in astounding ways in your life. And there's certain things that you really care about right now that won't be so important to you when you get to be older. And it's just, I recognize that my soul is the same, but the things that I, you know, I used to be a sports fanatic. I used to just all just talk about sports all the time. And now I just don't really care that much. Like I love baseball, but other than that, you know, and so people that knew me from a long time ago got, you don't even really like to talk about. I'm like, I don't, it's really not interesting to me anymore as my interests have evolved over time and, and just giving myself permission to be a different version at each step, mm -hmm. recognizing, oh, things are changing again as I'm being asked to do something for humanity or I'm being asked to do something, have different kinds of conversations or lead in different ways. You're, you're going to be asked to lead in ways that you have no idea what that's going to look like until you get there. Then you say, I think it's me, right? I think I'm supposed to have these conversations. So, yeah, yeah. So... So one thing that you spoke a little bit about at the beginning was just about men and their 
emotional development. Why do you think it's important for a person to develop emotionally? Well, it it's so it's the juice of life the emotions like you know I know I know some men that are just they're more naturally uh you know they're more naturally left-brained they're logical they're engineers they don't they don't have that natural you know they're not emotions are not coming out of them all the time I'm in a very emotional man and I recognize that it it's part of uh, my gift that I integrate those. It's, it, it, I don't even like to say it's the feminine part of me, but you could say, is that, isn't that the feminine part of you, that emotion? It's like, well, not really. Like yeah. I see it, I'd see it as being, um, men reclaiming parts of ourselves that we have been taught to disown. So, you know, one of the things I say is that, you know, we've been cultured in the man box um, and the man box says for men, you could, you have two emotions. You can be excited, you know, you're excited for your football team or whatever. You could be excited or you can be angry. <laughs> you're pissed off, right? Everything, every other nuance is not really allowed like shame, grief, uh, you know, um, frustration, uh, just feeling defeated, you know, wh- whatever, th- whatever's going on in your emotional undertones um, we're really taught as men, and just don't talk about those things. It's too intense. Don't talk about your feelings. Don't talk about what's really going on. And you can have situations where men can be, you know, 60, 65, 70 years old, not have very many friends, if any. And then the friend they do have, they don't really talk about what's really going on. So you could, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so repressed and so it doesn't serve men it doesn't serve it's frustrating for women to have men that don't talk about what's really going on like how can you you know you're scared you got diagnosed with something and you still won't even talk to your wife or your girlfriend like i'm scared to death because the doctor's saying i'm in trouble and i you know you have to be able to speak to these things that are going on in an authentic way or you just become this you're just hiding and you're just a shell and you're not, you're not who you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Totally. Like emotional yeah. health, health is one of the pillars of health. Right. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to shut that, <laughs> that part of yourself off, it makes kind of an, an instable environment. That's not going to be able to like build up very easily. So right. when And that's what most people, you know, that are listening to this and that are listening to your podcast are interested in self-growth and Mm -hmm. improvement. And what do you think that positive masculinity looks like? And it doesn't necessarily have to be related to gender, right? Like I'm having to Mm -hmm. reassess what I think is feminine versus masculine and what is simply just um, a preference, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. Yeah, it's a very fascinating journey and I'm having that with my partner who like (laughs) he loves loves the color purple and i'm just like that is so interesting you know what i mean i'm like that is kind of feminine but is it is it it's just like a preference it's just a a color and he's always like it's a color of royalty and i'm like well 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but um <laughs> Pur- purple purple is um um the violet flame was used by the ascended master Saint Germain and it, and it was connected to um transcendence and mm-hmm. and was connected to the 12th or the 7th chakra. Yep. So there is definitely an ascension with that color that is not gen- does not have a gender attached to it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. But there's yeah, certain yeah. things that in our culture we're kind of Totally you know taught to think a certain way about and yeah yeah it's super interesting so what does positive masculinity look like i i think to kind of make it two parts since you brought that up about masculinity femininity our 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 qualities our kind of cosmic qualities or you know that aren't don't belong to one gender but i do think i do think men um Finding there, there's a balance of finding authentic ways to speak to what's going on with you, to the world around you, that makes you what you can be. I think I think it it's a reclaiming, like I said earlier. Um, and there's there's plenty of work for men specifically that gender to do. I think there I see blind spots and I see a, a little arrested development and some hiding. I don't want to deal with my childhood wounds. I don't want to deal with um, this messy emotional stuff. But that's that men have to integrate that now. Positive masculinity. I think for one, not not using toxic masculinity as a phrase like don't don't Mm -hmm. put stuff over on the masculine principle because it's really a principle like what is a masculine principle it can be strength it can be clarity um your the masculine part of you is going to draw a boundary and say that doesn't work for me yep the masculine part of you is going to say no no, I, that is, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. You might want me to do that, but that's not does not work for me. So the masculine part of you is a little less concerned about being so well liked and pleasing, right? Mm-hmm. That fe- the feminine part that sometimes there's there's a little bit of a shadow of like you know I really want to be liked by everybody. So if I can just be you know get everybody's perspective, but there's a, the masculine part of you would be like there'd be situations where you'd be like Mm-mm, I'm getting a big no from my higher self and I'm going to trust my gut trust my heart and I'm going to be in my masculine power when I say that doesn't work for me or anytime if when you have children and you you get into mama bear cuz something's going on with the kids and you're like mm-hmm. you know how women women if if I mean something with my son like if something's going on, my, my wife just gets, I mean, she looks like she gets physically bigger. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, she is like, you know, this kind of fire comes out, you know, and, and, and so, and I also think there's the, the last thing I'll say about that is that there, they, they say, I don't know if this is true, but there's, there's a masculine trait of holding space for all the emotional stuff that's going on. And that can that is not gender specific. Mm-hmm. So you as a woman, part of the way that you can grow, and I can tell that you already do this, part of the way that you can grow your own masculine side and masculine essence is to hold space for all the emotional storms that are happening, both within yourself and within your children that when you have them or with a friend who's just like 
Maybe you have a friend that just is always emoting. That's just super, a lot of drama, you know, just all the one side of the brain um, and holding space and allowing that person to kind of have their process and not try to fix them, not try to mansplain or any of that, right? Mm -hmm. Just give them space to sort of be in a, in a messy process is I think growing the masculine side of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I also want to touch back on the, the term, toxic masculinity and just, (laughs) you know, kind of let people reflect on that and maybe Mm -hmm. question using that phrase because I don't think it's very healthy at all to attribute a whole um, way of being, right, as toxic. Um, Yeah, I, I just don't think that it's a healthy thing. And I think that what is being defined at moments as toxic masculinity is not something that has to be attributed to masculinity at all. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, toxic behaviors are toxic behaviors. Like, that's pretty much what they are. (laughs) And unfortunately, we are at a time where there's a lot of... um, race shaming and um Mm -hmm. sex shaming um and you know whether it's like deserved or not i think that the the whole goal here is trying to be open and inclusive of all and so trying to make sure that that is what we are putting out there and that is what we're doing. So I don't know. I love, I I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think the more that teachers, people that are natural leaders, the more that we can not allow uh, the narrative or anything to divide us. I, I always try to go to a meta narrative of we, the people, which is inclusive, um, of everybody, mm-hmm. the whole kit and caboodle, like where are we going? Yeah. What, 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 what parts of ourselves do we need to reclaim right now? What's the edge of our development? What, what wants to come out and be expressed in the human tribe right now? Is it forgiveness? Is it heart energy? Is it integrating the masculine feminine? How do I do that? Um, how do I, you know, for, if I'm noticing forgiveness and in- inclusivity is needed, how am I, in my micro world, how am I doing that? How am I, how am I having a breakthrough so that the, so that the, the tribe has a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So I'm not holding it back. Right. If, if there's, if there's, Oh, those people over there with, you know, what, you know, COVID was, was enormously divisive. You know, there was people that were like, Oh, poo poo. And there's people like, we're so scared. And, and then there was a lot of, you know, those people over there, you know, my group's the sane one and and both sides were saying it, or you you could say there was three or four broad groups and everybody's like, well, those crazy people over there, that's exactly what needs to be transcended because I know people in every single group. Mm -hmm. I have friends and family that are on, it doesn't matter which circles you draw. I know people in all of them. So it's like, how do I get my arms around everybody? How do I keep the meta narrative as uplifting for the tribe? That's what I want, you know, so that people, even if they differ from my philosophy about X, they don't feel like I'm cut off from them. I'm not cut off. I don't want to ever feel like I'm cut off from somebody just on a philosophical difference. Yeah. And (laughs) right now, 
the current divisiveness is the whole Supreme Court ruling. And yep. um, it's hard to see because I can see both sides and truly like Absolutely. can mm-hmm. really relate with both sides. And I guess I just think, <laughs> you know, if you ever think that you know what's right for someone else, then you're probably wrong. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's, it. Yeah. that's all I, that's all I have to say really on that yeah. matter. But yeah, I think that it's really important wherever you're at in your journey journey to reflect and really try to be intentful with what you do. And some some beliefs are just so deeply kept that they really do like trigger us on a, a level that, yeah. you know, it's hard to navigate. And I think, you know, with those kind of circumstances, the only way out is through. But, um, yeah, it's really important to speak our truth, yes, but also Mm -hmm. be kind in the process of it. Um, Yeah. I I actually – it's funny because I – to your point earlier, I totally resonate with – I can completely understand both sides. Both sides make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I can resonate with both messages. I understand the rationale for both and all that. But I I feel like a a powerful place for me um, is, you know, there's things that will trigger me. This isn't one that I get a huge big trigger on where I feel like I have got to make my (laughs) opinions known, right? It's not because I – like. I, if you understand both sides, then you're usually not as triggered, right? I, I think it's it's one side is like, we're right, and those monsters over there want to do X. Yeah. And it's like they're saying it – both sides are saying kind of the same thing. It's a lot of projection. So the more that I can – it's and be detached but not be detached where I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's just I'm finding myself – I don't want to really offer opinions that don't assist humanity and – if I offer an opinion on that, then it, it will. they'll say, well, then you're saying this, so you must be part of that group. And I'm like, well, I don't really feel a part of either group. I feel a part of both groups. So I don't want to offer opinions because they'll be taken the wrong way and it'll tr- and people will get triggered by it. So there's really no reason to, you, you know what I mean? There's a into, lot being yeah. said. That, yeah, I don't need to say anything else. Everything's being said. I can kind of float above it and go, well, let's see how this unfolds. You know, this is we're in a process mm-hmm. here. That's it. I, um, yeah. I'm not I'm not adding anything. So why do I need to be a big mouth about it? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Totally. Yeah. Uh, my whole thing is like I really trust that God has control of everything down to every oh. little detail. And so not really worried i'm with with you sister yeah but um let's move on to the next part of the show where we talk about something a fact or a discovery that's inspiring and as we've spoken about you know positivity i think that it's great to bring up some of the work by dr emoto And if you aren't familiar, you really need to Google it after this and see these pictures for yourself. But what he did was study water and the particles and how if you put certain words 
then the particles would actually change shape. And so what you see when you go online is you'll have words like self-love, beauty, passion, rescue, happiness, good job, well done, love, gratitude, Mm. harmony. And there's these perfect crystallized structures that water has created in that space. It's, it's so incredibly beautiful. Like what an illustration. And then it will have things like evil, you fool, you disgust me. And it's like a mess and it doesn't, it's not, it's not very pretty. It's not something that you would aspire to basically. Um, Just so incredible that even an innate object that doesn't understand the letters that are being written, the energy that goes behind you placing those there and the meaning behind that and the vibration that that holds affects the innate substances, which is so important for us to think about as we are 70% water. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so try to think nice thoughts and we're all human. We all like have our moments, me too, and I'm not proud of them, but it's always trying and striving to be better and honoring that process. Yeah, I, remember, I remember a few years ago when I first discovered his books and he has, he's got a number of books. They're all kind of variations of the same thing. He's got his work with water and then all the books have these great pictures. And I remember I got a whole bunch of books for my family. Cause I was like, I was, my mind was so blown. I was like, Oh my God, this changes everything. It was like, there was something, the artist in me, the visual, the visuals were really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was one thing to hear about intention changes your, your environment. It was another to see water, which I always thought like, there's no way water is going to change its molecular structure over an intention. But here he was showing evidence all over the place. And so we ended up, we have this great water filter at my house. And so we have this um, love and gratitude on the water filter. Right. And, and that is, that is a direct result of his work. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I highly recommend his books. I think um, for anybody, doesn't matter if you're a creative or, or, or one more rational type. um, I think the books got lots of thought-provoking and interesting things and it'll change the way that you interact with things including water Mm -hmm. right and 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 yourself and the self-talk that you have or will allow yourself Mm -hmm. to have you know so yeah oh i love that um thank you so much we're gonna wrap up talk about gratitude you know get those molecules in our body all crystallized (laughs) (laughs) but i'm super thankful for People like you, people like Dr. Emoto, who are trying to spread positivity, um, increase like the goodness in the world, to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. really, just make a more enjoyable life for everyone. I'm really thankful to be where I'm at right now. I feel that I'm building a really good community of people that are like-minded and it's taking time and I'm just like 
really grateful for this process and grateful for my health and my family and my friends and love and everything else. <laughs> How about you, That's Tony? That's great. Um, yeah, I'm also grateful for to have these conversations with you. Um, this is our second one. Um, I just feel inspired when I have uplifting conversations with people that are curious and doing the work. Um, I just feel like I'm in alignment with my heart, in alignment with my mission. Mm -hmm. So it just, it really feels like an extension of my, uh, what I've come here to do. Um, and I'm also grateful for my health. Um, I, I feel great. I feel young in my body. I feel, you know, my self-care has been, I've really paid attention to my self-care the past few years. And I just feel like really grateful that I'm healthy, you know? Um, and then I also feel grateful for my family that they've, they've been my rock, uh, through all the different changes over the years. I've been with my wife for 27 years and I'm just so grateful. You know, she's watched me go from a, you know, a boyish young man to a middle-aged man, you know, and, and, uh, you know, she still loves me and still thinks I'm great. So I, I feel super grateful to have such a courageous, powerful woman and just my family is, I just feel super grateful for. So. Well, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. It's been so great to have you again. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. I hope you have a great day and rise and shine. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Walkiria Whitlock. She does a nice spiritual type podcast if you're looking for something positive and uplifting. Uh, she always does a short meditation that she guides and has a heart-centered conversations with her excellent guests. You can find her podcast called Rise and Shine on Spotify. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.